Gospel Message, Week 83, The Heart of Jesus. One thing has puzzled me for as long as I've been reading the Gospels, and by the Gospels in particular, I mean the interactions that Jesus had with those who opposed him with those who sought to crucify him, with those who actually did crucify him. All the times he would have some sort of dialogue with the religious leaders and the chief priests and the scribes and the Pharisees. There's something I've always found interesting in that. We know our Lord is an all-knowing God. So we know and we believe that Christ knew the hearts of all these people he was interacting with he knew the ones who hated him he knew the ones who wanted him dead out of malice and envy and misdirection and he knew them he even knew his disciple when he recruited him this is Judas Iscariot that the same Judas Iscariot was going to crucify him so he knew all these things yet Fast forward to the conclusion of everything, the Lord Jesus was crucified, and he was crucified sinless. He was the spotless Lamb of God whose blood was the atonement for our sins. So what this means practically and realistically is that knowing what he knew about the people who he was interacting with, knowing what he knew about how a lot of those people felt about him knowing the abuse he was going to take the venom the the rancor the bile every awful thing you can imagine he knew he was going to be the recipient of these things at the hands of these people yet Yet, when he was crucified, again, fast forwarding to the end of it all, he was blameless. There was no sin found in him. So what that means is that there was no hatred, there was no malice, and even when he was grieved in his spirit, as the scripture puts it, whatever that means, means that it did not constitute sin in any way. But I think of myself and when I have disagreements or misunderstandings or I find myself to be on the receiving end of harsh hands or harsh tongues or downright bad treatment or even when I am guilty of doing the same thing to people. But the truth is that I I am very mindful of the things that exist in my heart at that time. I'm very mindful of the things that even if I don't say them with my mouth, I say them in my heart about these people. And I know how I feel, either be it dislike or anger, or let's be honest, even hatred sometimes, or malice or envy or or jealousy, whatever the case may be. But I know I feel things and I think things and I definitely say things that if one were to ask me if I'm a spotless lamb, the answer would be no. Forget about generational sins and, you know, 
hereditary sins and all of that. I'm talking about the stuff that I do know that I do. I know I'm not blameless. And that is why on the heels of this Pentecost Day that we celebrated this past Sunday, um, I have to ask myself or I have to examine myself and admit to myself and say, Lord, if you could do it and still be the spotless lamb whose blood washed away all my sin, if you living in this life, going through what you went through because for every negative thing that we go through i don't know if it's ever going to be as intense as it was for jesus in the time that it was intense for him think about it up until he started his public ministry no problem because he was still the carpenter's son but the minute he became the son of god or he became to make himself known as the son of god I mean, the way the tides turned against him, this all happened in a very short window. So in that short window, he received an onslaught of attack, of persecution, of maltreatment, of everything negative that we can think of. And yet, he did not sin, not in action, but most importantly, he did not sin in his heart. Remember. The Lord has already disclosed to us in the Bible. He says, yeah, their tongues, they, they talk, they say all these good things, but their hearts are far from me. So it's not about what we say. It's about what we are in our hearts. And in the heart of Jesus, even after all these things happened to him, he did not sin against God. He didn't. And so after coming into a greater knowledge, of who the Holy Spirit is and the purpose of the Holy Spirit in our lives and the fact that the Holy Spirit is to dwell within the temple that is me, my life. And what is my life? A lot of times we always say this thing is our body, you know, just about, it is the flesh, but this body, if someone were to come and cut your jugular and you bleed out, you're done. So the body does house the life and the life is the temple, which is again, part of the body. So this me, this human being, this living being that is me, this living being that is me, the question I have to ask myself is that, is the Holy Spirit, am I allowing the Holy Spirit to do in me what is his purpose to do in me? Because if I am not, if I am not, then I am really forsaking my own mercy. I am forsaking my own salvation. And the Holy Spirit is the very life of Jesus Christ now sent down to dwell within us. And what that means is that that life that was able to keep Christ sinless, I mean, let's call it like it is, that life that was able to keep our Lord and Savior sinless so that he could remain the spotless lamb whose blood would take away our sins, that life is available to me to keep me in the same heart state that Jesus was when he was being persecuted, when he was being vilified, when all these things that were happening to him, when they were happening and he did not sin in his heart, that life is available to me. 
So if I am still getting offended and I am still getting angry at people and if I still have malice and I still have anger and that anger is now causing me to go further and say mean and unkind things and to think mean and unkind things and to act in mean and unkind ways, that means the life of Christ is not active in me. And that means I am thumbing my nose up at the Holy Spirit who is here to give me the life of Christ. If we are still being carnal, living carnally, and think of the example that the Apostle Paul used when it came to carnality. He said to the people, he said, is there not still quarreling and strife amongst you? Is there not still envying amongst you? Then you are carnal. And this is what we Christians do. We still quarrel. We still have anger. We are still offended at one another. We still, you know, are in states that are completely and utterly contrary to the state of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ when he was able to die for us. So if I am still in this state and struggling, maybe not even struggling, sometimes we might be in it and we're justifying why we're in it. But if I am in this state and I am struggling, then it is an indication that that life of Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit is not in me. And that life of Christ is not in me for one reason and one reason only. I have not received him. I have not said yes when he has come to knock on the door of my heart. I have not opened the door of my heart to him. The question is why? Why? Why won't we receive the Holy Spirit? Why? Why do we instead, you know, receive life in the flesh with all its lies and all its false promises and all its temporal hope and temporal benefits? Why do we accept this over life in the spirit? And the answer is just because we're still in bondage. We're still in bondage. But the Spirit of God is here to set us free from that bondage. If only we receive Him. So I know my prayer is for myself, and I hope the prayer is for you. Lord, cause me to receive your Spirit. Let it work a transformation within me so that I will change. It might not change anyone around me. But the goal of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit is to change me. His goal is to change me. His purpose is to change me. So even when the enemy comes in, up, comes against me like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise a standard against him. What is the standard? He will not let him touch me. He will not let him touch my mind. He will not let him touch my heart. He will not let him touch my thoughts. He will not let those thoughts now manifest into words or into actions. The Spirit of the Lord will keep me in the same way he kept the Lord Jesus when he was on this earth going through the exact same temptations that I am going through. Hebrews says, come boldly to the throne of grace because we do not have a, a high priest who is not familiar 
with our struggles and our temptation. He knows. He knows. So if he knows, he's telling us to come boldly to ask for this spirit so that the same life that was in Christ Jesus, same spirit that was in Christ Jesus, will now be in us. And may the Lord grant that we receive this spirit. So the same life, may he grant that this same life come in and take over this temple. When the Lord Jesus saw what they were doing to the temple of the Lord, he took a scourge and he rolled it up and he started to beat them and whip them out of the temple. He says, my, my father's house will not be a house of merchandise or a den of thieves. That's what the spirit does. The spirit of the Lord will not allow the Lord's temple to be a house of merchandise, to be full of all those things that are contrary to the life of Christ. The spirit of the Lord will not allow that. But it is I who has to invite this spirit in and ask the spirit to do in me what is his purpose and what is his ultimate will, his divine will to do in me. May the Lord grant that we all receive his spirit unto godly living and unto salvation. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.